Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. I am so excited to share with you Carol Maloney. She is the owner of Well and Wonder, one of DC's chickest yoga studios and hemp wellness centers. She is also a former TV and radio sports anchor covering networks like NBC and ESPN. She's had the opportunity to have conversation and rub shoulders with some of the biggest names in sports. She has so many stories to share. I can't wait to dive in. Welcome back to the Super Expander Show, guys. I am so excited for today's guest. Ah, my goodness. I'm so excited to introduce you to Carol Maloney. Hi, everyone. Hi, Corey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. So just a little bit of context. Carol and I, we're actually just kind of new friends here. We just met a few, I don't know, like, I guess months back in the side of her yoga studio. And I've had the chance to attend a workshop and then actually facilitate an event. And she's just created such a magical space. I knew that I knew that she had to be here on the podcast because she's got such a cool story. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I've had a journey. I've had a few of them. I am 50 years old, just turned 50. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, I, at one point, didn't think I'd ever admit being 50, you know, uh, much less being this old. I am uh, really excited for the first time in my life on what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. I've always worked for other people, so not working for yourself, but having complete, you know, seeing if your idea, ideas have resonance. Yeah. Um, and seeing what your intention was turn into reality and it turns into magic. We're, we're really proud. We're seven months old. We have a long, long road ahead, but um, we're really proud of what we're doing. It's not just a yoga studio or a wellness center or a hemp store or, you know, kind of like a, you know, just a rental event center. We've just done so many things with this little space. I know it's very dynamic space and I can't wait to kind of like go through all the, the nuances of what's going on inside of well and wonder if hey, just the name yeah. in and of itself um, really bring, it exudes that when you walk into the space, it totally exudes that. But before we dive into what you're doing now, see, I, I, I don't, I don't mess around here on the super expander podcast and go (laughs) straight to the meat because everybody really wants to know who you are deep down. I think that's, uh, I think it's a question that we, we gloss over so many, so often in, especially we're, we're both rooted and based in the, the DC area. And I feel like it's such a common question to start with. Well, what do you do? So I'm flipping the script and I like to go a little differently and really just talk about who you are deep down as, as a person, because I think that's the most important thing. So tell us who, who is Carol? 
That's that's a great question. I mean, I'm still figuring it out at 50 years old, right? I Are you from Colorado or the West Coast? Because I am. I'm from Colorado. I spent four years there before moving here. And I'm originally from Iowa. We never ask people what you do. I still uh. don't. I still never ask people, what do you do? What do you do? And I got here. It was very off-putting at first. And I still, I had a date last week. I didn't, I didn't ever even ask him what he does. I don't still know. Um, I mean, eventually I'll find out or I'll ask him to talk about work, but and we didn't talk about work. So in Colorado, when they ask you what you do, it's like, what do you do on the weekend? What do you do for fun? What do you do um, to like, you know, fill the hole in your soul? And so I'm guessing that question for me would be, I am a dog mom. I mean, I'm a kid mom. I have one going off to college soon. So I'm about to be an empty nester. Um, and then I have another one that's recovering from surgery. I'm a dog mom at the moment because I have three dogs in my room. I am <laughs> a runner and a yogi. I am a friend. Uh, I love to hang out. I love to play cornhole. I'm competitive. I played basketball in college and I, I still love anything. I'm like, I'm in, give me two minutes to practice or two months. Or I just want to be, you know, want to always win in any kind of sports games. Um, and uh, now I'm a business owner. So I guess that is into it because it's really taking up a lot of my time. I'm not having a lot of free time now in this first year of launching, but um, I'm just a, I'm just a middle-aged woman trying, still trying to figure it out. <laughs> you and I both. Oh my gosh. You and yeah. I both. So, so many parallels, so many synergies in, inside of your, like who you are and all the things I, I'm an athlete and uh, also an empty nester. My daughter just actually graduated from college. If you can. Oh my God. That. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know you're old enough to have a daughter in college. So there you go. Yes. I need to ask you what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel it and fiercely competitive. I mean, if you're, if you're going to play a sport, isn't it to win? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, there's just, and if I lose, it sits with me. I'll, I'll go out, everyone's napping and I'm practicing my cornhole toss for hours so I can win that night. So that means kinda... you know, that's the difference between the people who execute and the people who don't. It's the, that's they right. put in the reps. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. Somewhere someone is practicing. <laughs> but I love that you described yourself as a, an entrepreneur too, because I think that there's something really to be, I don't know, like there's something there to that because it, entrepreneurship is something that's like in your blood. It's not something that you become. It's just kind of who you are. And I think athleticism and being really competitive and all of those things are character traits of an entrepreneur. Yeah, you're right. Because you can't plan. You just have to persevere. And it's the same attitude you have in sports that can kind of make you successful. Now I have been, people have come after me. I had the universe, even at times I thought, Hmm, I've had so much stuff go wrong and left turns and expensive, expensive mistakes. I went from being a sportscaster, having a radio show and having a staff, and people to do things for me, technically and everything else, um, not even really knowing how to export one document to a PDF. And in the space of like two years, I was laid off. And then I started to become a business owner. I've just had to figure it out. And um, I think it's that grit that you get or you're born with, I don't know if you can develop the grit to let you survive all of the, the cuts and the problems to come. 
but you don't plan to persevere. I say that all the time. Yeah, that's the, I mean, entrepreneurship, uh, as I mince my words here, <laughs> entrepreneurship literally is a journey of solving problems. I always say this to anybody who's thinking about being becoming an entrepreneur. If you don't like solving problems, you might want to stop for a second and really think about if you want to embark on this journey, because it's just a roller coaster ride of of solving problems and you have That's to step right. into a mentality of, Oh, bring it on. How can I solve this problem? How can I make solving this problem fun? That's right. I, um, and then being okay with your mistakes. I just have to like breathe in, breathe out, let it go. It really, luckily in this practice, uh, and the space that I'm in, I can really, um, you know, utilize some of the same tools and tricks to stay and manifest is a new word in my life and manifest a better outcome. Um, Absolutely. But I just, I think the anxiety of it all was something I wasn't expecting because I've never really been an anxious person, but uh, I found myself going down a very like stressed out path of anxiety. It just, it waked me up at night. I looked nervous. I had nervous energy um, because I was not, I was so unsure and unsettled and there was so much, so much uncertainty under my feet. I was in this river of doubt. I just tried to figure out, make sure it wasn't an ocean or I drowned. So I was like swimming across this river. I had to get to this other side and be like, okay, you know, at this point, at seven months in, I'm not ready to celebrate and say we made it and that we're going to be around for a long time. And I'm going to get even an ounce of some of the money I put in yet back because I don't know, but I do know that I'm really proud of what we've done. I'm really proud of the, some of the events that we've had, including yours and um, some of the friendships and and lives we've changed. It's been pretty powerful to have a space where people feel welcome and they come needing pain. They're in pain. They need help with their pain. They need community. They need connection again. And we've been able to provide it. It's, you know, we're small, but we, uh, we're very, we're very mighty because, uh, there's a lot of love in our space. Oh my gosh. Yes, there is. I think you nailed it on the community piece. I think that that's, um, the, I think that's the biggest focal point going forward in business, whether it's in person or online, people are craving someplace to be, someplace to be seen, someplace to contribute and to receive all in the same, the, the same space, which I think is truly what sums up community is you don't just come to be a taker. You come to be a giver too. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, it does feel like that. I, I feel like it's a little bit so, so cheesy and corny, but it's a little bit like family. Uh, the, the students, they come, I, I have actually, it's a joke because if someone's normally coming to the Monday night class and I don't see them, I'll be, I'll be like, Hey, you okay? You know, the class still good. Everything. Okay. I know you mentioned something about a work problem before, or I know this student, you know, has, you know, issues with her mother, or I know this student has um, uh, issues at home and I kind of have just an ear. It's kind of what I did for uh, my job too as a reporter and I would interview people, but then I was seeking information. Now I just kind of see that they just have something they need to talk about and I just give them an ear. Um, you converse with the heart and a lot of things can happen and you bond with people. And so that's kind of what we've done. I mean, I've worked hard for every single customer I would say customer, every student, every friend, every event we've ever had, I feel like it's a big hustle and a lot of work for me. And it's always been worth it because when I find this, you know, meet someone on the street, talk about the studio, give them a free class, email them, get them to come in. Then they 
feel like they found their home. And so far, so good. I mean, we've had a lot of people find their home. So. Uh, and it's I, August. It's supposed to be slow and we're busy. You're so thriving. Great. Yes. I yeah. mean, in the, and in Washington, D.C., that's like it's crickets in, in August. <laughs> that's what everyone right? says. And we've been busy. See, so, well, that, the proof is yeah. in the pudding there. Yeah. I really was something that resonated with me that you just said is that you had to work for every every person coming through the door, every human, every Omi um, that you have coming, coming through the door that I think that's something for anyone listening is to really kind of pause and sit on that because as we're building businesses, as we're building, especially it's very prevalent in the online space for things to be portrayed, that it's easy, that it's so easy that, you know, you can just like put a post up and that they'll come, people will show up at your door, whether it's in person or online. And that's not really how it works. It all comes back down to building, building relationships, fostering them and, and enjoying that process of, of creating that connection, which you have done such a fantastic job at well and wonder doing all of that. It's been, it's been, you know, work. it's boots on the ground work. Yeah. Grassroots for sure. It's not, um, I thought too, I thought, Oh, I'll put a sign in the door. I'll get a website and I will put some social media posts. You know, I was, I, my name still has a little bit of like Hugh rating value in town. I was on the air for 20 years. Maybe people will just come. That's not how it happened at all. And, um, and then when they come, you need to show them that you're worthy of it. Cause this is, listen, inflation, stress, you know, all the, the COVID, the pandemic, the third wave, fourth wave, who knows what I mean, what waves we have to get through. People have a lot of barriers to come and mm-hmm. take a, a class or an event that was supposedly well we're like selling wellness so it's a very it's a tricky line I keep my um my prices are lower than anyone's our drop-in rates lower than anyone that I've found um and we do packages and we have this really ridiculous deal where we partnered with our pizza neighbor Pete's Pizza and um, you can get three classes and a large cheese pizza for $30, which is a large cheese pizza is $23. We know that sometimes even giving it away is a big ask because what we're asking you to do is to um, come in and uh, be uncomfortable, whether you're in a pose or you're in a breath workshop or you're in a sound bath or you're in some bouquet building, bead, we're doing a beading, we do a paint and chill. So those aren't uncomfortable, but most of them you're laying there with your thoughts or your body and you're trying to just be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it took me a really long time. I hated yoga at first. I would never do a sound bath or a breath workshop. I thought it was a huge waste of time because I couldn't sit still. I wanted to avoid, I wanted to push back. I wanted to just keep going forward. And when COVID hit, it forced me. And I'm sure a lot of other people just be like, Oh my God, how did I get here? There's so many things that I'm still working on. I had a journey last night in the class where I, I kind of identified something in my youth that has made me really avoid conflict for my life. And being a conflict avoider is not always the best thing. And I need to like, especially as a business owner, face different conflicts and have difficult conversations instead of just cutting someone off and moving you know, on. So um, I'm still working on it and I always will be. I just think that's what we try to sell now is that we're just here to help you work on it. And we're trying to keep it as low as we can and keep our doors open. No one's looking to like live on a beach 
and you know, work from home in my space. Everyone there is working with the same, aligned with the same vision. It's, and I mean, we sniff you out. And it's like, if you're, you know, high, you know, high, high maintenance, this is all about me and where's my money, you're not gonna be around in our space that long. Our space is about, really about healing and then hanging together in your new community. Ah, I love that. We need, we yeah. need more of that in this, this <laughs> world for sure. So let's like reverse it back just a little bit. I'd love to hear a little bit of the journey of your, I guess your journey through broadcast journalism, you know, sports, and then how it is that you fully arrived and the conception of how well and wonder came to be, because it is such a dynamic space. It's more than, than yoga. It's more than sound baths. So give us, give us a little like encapsulated view of that. Okay. I, well, I always knew I wanted to be a sportscaster. I grew up in a big family in Iowa and I played lots of sports and I played basketball in college. And it was right when women, uh, there wasn't a lot of women in sports when I was growing up becoming a huge sports fan. I was a tomboy, played six sports in high school, but right when I was in college and I was studying journalism, I knew I wanted to be a reporter. I was kind of a little reporter for my family because uh, I was number six of seven. Oh and so I love to tell on people and it was a natural fit. So I went into journalism school in college at Drake and I played basketball. And then I got to see a lot of the sports casters or sports journalists come through and interview us. We had a pretty good team. And I went like, that's what I really should do. My advisor also said, you know, really not. I, I did some news internships, but it just didn't float my boat. And since I was already into sports, it was just a natural fit. So I got a couple of jobs in. I went, moved around. You know, really, My first job was $13,000. I didn't care. I worked all the time for $13,000. I think the check every two weeks was like $243. McDonald's was a splurge. Thank goodness. And I do always pinch myself that I had uh, parents who were not rich um, cause I had seven kids and we tried to all do private school, but at least gave me a gas card, you know, even though I was, should be on my own, they still supported all of us in different ways and helpful ways. And so, um, I would never have been able to take a $13,000 a year job without my dad's gas card. Cause I was able to drive back to Des Moines all the time, get my laundry done. That's how poor I was. Um, and so eventually just work on your craft. You're getting more and more comfortable in front of the camera. You're getting more and more comfortable with the voice that you have. I moved up different markets. I finally landed in, De in Des Moines, Iowa, where I was from. I was the weekend sports anchor. A couple of years there, shooting my own video, editing my own video. I got a job in Denver where I didn't have to shoot or edit anymore. Bigger market. I had two sisters there. I worked for the NBC there as well. And then um, when my contract was coming up, they wanted to hire someone new to be the full-time sports person. And here I am, I'm, I am 27 or 28. And my news director, which was a woman said, this market's not ready for a woman to be the main sportscaster. And I just had to say, thank you for your honesty. Of course I'm crushed. And they ended up hiring someone who in at a market in Iowa was below me. Like, and so you're like market and stature I was above where he was and he leapfrogged me because he went to a smaller market and I thought you're leapfrogging he's leapfrogging me because he's a man and so I know I didn't say anything I didn't she understood she's doing what she's best for her station you know back in 1995 98 maybe the market wasn't ready to have a female in a main role but we've come a long way 
so anyway, I got a, an agent and got a job out here. And I said, it was going to be a three-year deal. I told my news director when I left, I'll be back. I'm going to go get this big market experience, make a name for myself. And I'm coming back to Denver and crushing this where I want to live. Anyway, I fell in love with DC and I fell in love and then had two kids. And here I am, you know, uh, and still in DC. I'm a native now, what, 21 years in. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. Yeah. So I, I was the sportscaster here on uh, first on Comcast Sportsnet and then NBC Sports Washington, and then NBC4, which is the local station. And uh, I've had quite a career. I've covered all the teams. I've traveled the world, went to London with the Redskins. I went to Canada with the Caps on all their playoff runs. I've been to all the spring training. I covered the World Series. I covered a World Series parade. Um, I, um, I mean, I had a radio, my own radio show. As you can tell I'm very long-winded. I could fill up two hours with one question. And uh, and I have my own radio, so I'm ESPN. My favorite thing of everything before you even get to that question was covering the Nationals in 2019, the year they won the World Series. And I think it was really famous the uh, May 19th that when they were, you know, all the 20-something games below 500, I was in the dugout talking about how they're still being positive. And they manifested you know, at themselves out of this hole. I didn't say that word in particular, but I was just talking about how they don't look at their record. They're not looking at all the losses that have piled up in this young season. They're only worried about today. And it's it's coming down from the manager, Davey Martinez. And it just, and I remember that weekend, they ended up sweeping the Marlins and they started to climb out of a hole and it just had so much magic. They started to dance in the dugout. They started to have so much fun and it led to a world series. They never got down on themselves after a loss. They, they learned from it and they kept positive about the next day. It was like, it never happened. And that never happened to any Nat team I ever covered. And it never happens to the other teams. And it just was a lesson for me about really staying positive in the face of all adversity. So yeah, it was a, yeah. it was laying groundwork for you and, um, and it really was entrepreneurship, right? It really was. And the entrepreneurship was something I was reluctant. I thought I was uh, just investing some money into a business. It was going to be a group of us that were going to go after a medical dispensary. And we found the space and we got the landlord to play with a recreational type dispensary wellness center until we got our licensing. Anyway, as you know, business uh, partnerships do, there was four of us and one jumped off and then another one jumped off and then I was on the lease. And so I was like, okay, here I go. Let's see what I got. And my lease was personally guaranteed for two years. I have another year on that, but um, so it's going well. And I'm, I've curated a business plan from when I started to where now I pivoted a few things, but it's exactly what I wanted it to be. I have a question for you. Have you joined the Super Expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me 
your questions. Ah, that's, I love it. You have to be able to, to pivot, be resilient and just keep, keep moving forward. So all these, these life lessons have carried you, carried you to where you are to now and served you so well. So along this journey, there had to have been somebody who was a super expander for you. I'm sure you probably have so many stories from your very dynamic career in sports, but I'd love to hear just, just one, maybe two super expander stories. Someone who really, I don't know, called you up, inspired you, showed you that your dreams were possible. Well, first is Lindsay um, Dabney, Lindsay Dabney Cabrera. I don't know if you know. Yeah. Do you, yeah. You, you were friends with her, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know so, her. Yeah. So I was, uh, well, number one, I was like, I can't do this, Lindsay. What am I going to do? I'm in this um, space and I, I, you know, I've never run a business before. I don't know. She and her sister opened up Bella Bethesda and they had no business experience before either. And it became a successful business. And so I was just talking to her, just getting some advice and feeling pretty alone in it. And she called me the next day and said, I want to invest. I want to be a part owner. I believe in you. Let's do it. And it was just a magical time because I think, I don't think I would have made it. You know, you do need, you can't really do it alone. That's the thing. You need supportive people around you, whether they're, um, you know, people that live in your house or people just believe, believe, believe in you. Sometimes it's someone on the outside. So people know you're like, like my brothers and sisters are like, how in the hell are you going to be able to run a business? You can't even call me back in time, you know? <laughs> and so so I've never been a multitasker and I've had to learn that. Uh, I've, you know, I've always really liked to keep my days easy and one thing at a time, but some people are really good at multitasking. They're probably better entrepreneurs. I'm just figuring it out. And so to have Lindsay believe, believe in me and then believe in me and then put money in, then it's like, okay, you're holding me accountable. I'm, I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to do everything I can. I can't promise it. You know, we're going to turn your money into something profitable, but I can tell you I'm going to I'm going to kill myself trying. And so uh, then she's ended up, you know, building out her own salon in the back. So you saw that. So now it's like also like a, a we call it a studio for balance and beauty. And, uh, and, and then another one would be John Umberger. John Umberger passed away, unfortunately, uh, early June. And so it's a little, a little painful to talk about him, but he, I was in between jobs. He was a political analyst type and he was in between jobs and uh, came on in December and he was just somebody who was really well versed in this space. And he introduced me to a lot of the different compounds and products. He took me to my first sound bath a year and a half ago. And, um, and so he was with me every day for the first couple of months, getting us off the ground and just having someone there also believed in you. And that was the last thing he texted. I believe in you. He died unexpectedly, a heart attack um, two months ago. So that was very sad, but he's still with us and we're having a big celebration of his life coming up. But he was was super, he was just one of those really positive, um, big gay guys that was into this space and into this wellness and talked to me about everything. He had almost died, had hit by a car. So these are some of the modalities that helped him and, they were definitely uh, being introduced to me and helping me. And together we created this, we're going to have a sound bath every month and do breath work. At the time I wasn't even sure, you know, I was like $35 a person. 
And I wasn't sure. I was like, is it really worth it to lay there on a mat and just be watching? And I was like, oh, yes, it is. That's such, so cheap for the kind of event and kind of a, a night that you're getting. It's, it's, an, it's a steal to have. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. Yeah. $35 to have a, a kind of a life-changing experience. And just to go into that without you asking, I know we're not supposed to talk about you, but your hypno-breath work, which is what, 25 minutes of breathing cued by you, right? Yeah, it's about that, that 25, 25, 25 to 30 minutes, depending. Um, and then, in person's a little longer, but. Well, and, the, and just to be in that meditative straight state and to do that with your breath so that your brain can, your, your body quiets and your soul speaks and to have people come up. And it wasn't, and then I'm like, am I just being biased because I'm, you know, I'm the owner here, but to have people come up and start to share what they, what clarity they were able to get to have somebody say, you know what, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to write that music or to have somebody else talk about different things they had been stuck on and finding the answers. And, and, and it's not that the answers aren't the answers. It's that you are feeling unstuck and to see that happen in a span of an hour for some people. And then the, the mood afterwards when we were all sipping and snacking on some kombucha and some, yeah. some you know, chips and just to feel like love because we all just had this shared experience. I just think it's so powerful. I, I am so much cheaper than therapy. Although I know therapy is good too. I haven't, I should have been in therapy a long time ago when I was dealing with some stuff and I never could find someone or had the money or had the time. Um, and I found these these uh, experiences instead. I'm not saying therapy is wrong because I I wish that I would have found it. And if my kids ever needed, I would definitely run them to therapy. But I've been able to, you know, save money by not going to a ther- therapist by having these events and experiences. And yeah, my well, they own say self discovery. Yeah. yeah, they say breath work. One breath work session can be the equivalent of two years of therapy. So I, I mean, I believe it now because um, my dog, sorry. I hope that's not bothering you, but no, not I, have these little, I have these little Muppets. Um, my, um, I get it because it teaches you also on, if you're having my, I was talking to another friend who lost her husband and we were going over the two parts of three part breath and talking about, you know, if you feel a panic attack coming on, this is just something you can do right now. Um, that can help you uh, keep your your heart rate normal and keep your focus and not actually start spinning. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so taking taking some breaths really is you can basically regulate your uh, heart rate variability, which essentially you know this is the thing that it's like the divider between if you look at people who are executing big like Beyonce on stage, right? She knows how to do that. Like she knows how to like regulate her nervous system to get up and execute obviously she's super talented and put in all the reps but that's like the defining difference between us like regular folks and the people who are you know big names big performers out there they have this actual ability and they know how to do that I mean on top of the talent but it's in sports too I think in in sports it, and I I didn't know I was doing it but my dugout reporting was pretty stressful. It seems easy, you know, like let's go down to Carol and dugout who has more on what Davey was saying. And so pretty easy, right? It's just a minute, but you're trying to fit a lot of information in that minute and you don't know when they're going to come to you. And so you're living, I'm sitting there and be like, okay, before a game, let's say before a, a game, I say to the producer who's in the, the truck, 
I have information on these 10 topics. Okay. His batting and where his, where his batting helmet, not wearing it or wearing it, or what Davey said before the game, or Max Scherzer's back issue, or Sean Doolittle toe tapping now in his uh, delivery. Anyway, I give him all these topics and, and I don't know, it's just whenever it comes up and they don't trade Turner laying out for a, you know, a, a, a hard grounder and how he kind of gives up his body in these moments and why he does it. And so in the game, they just will go the game. And then when something clicks, they're like, let's go to Carol. And so you're just sitting there on edge the entire game, not even knowing what you're about to contribute. And you're just listening to the broadcast. And all of a sudden, you know, Bob Carpenter's talking about Trey Turner and Trey just lugged out a grounder and stolen out. And he's, you know, comes to me on the spot. So you're like, yeah, I just talked to Trey about that. I asked him, he'd rather steal an out or steal a run because he's so fast on the bases, whatever. Whatever it is, you just have to be ready for it. And so I would sit there in the dugout and do this. So I just didn't want to F up. You know, you don't want to mess up. You only have like an F, a minute. You don't want to talk over Bob or stumble around or sound like you didn't know what you're talking about or sound nervous. Yeah. So doing your breath work is absolutely what helped me in my first career, which was, you know, broadcasting and sports casting. And now it helps me in my new career, which is figuring myself out <laughs> and helping yeah. others do the same. Oh my gosh. I love that. So in all of that, I have to ask, what is the, you know, doing big things, starting a business in, in your career in broadcast, there has to be something that drives you beyond, you know, it's usually bigger than paychecks. It's bigger than like goals. It's, it's a feeling. So the feeling, what is it that really drives you? Well, I mean, to be honest, it's kind of like I'm going for broke too. So I was newly single right before COVID and my 17 year old, 17 year marriage ended. And so then I am definitely being driven by the fact that I want to not live in a van down by the river, <laughs> which can happen. Um, Cause I just didn't foresee that at, you know, I, I still, I still felt like I had so much to offer. I forgot that I was turning 50 and the world doesn't always see you that way. So I think I have something to prove. I want to be able to continue to pay for a roof over my head. You know, um, I'm not sleeping in silk sheets. I once was, but I'm not anymore. And, um, I, uh, I definitely want to, you know, just have something that my kids will be proud of me for. Like, I think they were proud of my old career. It was kind of like, I'm like, come on, let her go interview Bryce Harper. Come on, you can sit and watch. It's like, mom, uh, just, they just, it was, they didn't care because I was always kind of like, come on, we're going to go to London and watch the Redskins game. No, so everybody would think he was on TV. So I don't think they really appreciated it as much. But now I feel like, because I just had a, a class for my son and his friends before they went to college. And I feel like they're really proud of what I've been able to do and uh Aww. it really buoys me and just knowing that you know the kids can talk to their friends and be like yeah she's not making any money in it but she's the owner and she can have us over for a class and I just thought that was when I saw their eyes light up when their friends were talking to them about it that made me really proud 
Oh, I love that. That makes me warm my heart so much. And that makes it all worth it. Yeah, it does. It's the really the only, you know, the only thing is, uh, you know, is, and especially do I have time for them? I didn't in my old career as much as I wanted to. I it always had to come first. You know, I worked Thanksgiving because the Redskins were playing the Giants or I had to go out of town even though I was the room mom and I need to host that Halloween party for your class. I juggled a, lot, a heck of a lot. I think I got off a red eye and came right to that Halloween party that I'm thinking of. But um, so I just wasn't present as much as I should have been. Even when I was with them, I was always thinking about something else. And so now I've learned how to be really authentic and present. And I find that people in our space and in our industry, I think that's what we are all trying to be is authentic and present. And when you can do that, it allows people to kind of see right through what you're trying to sell. And so they know if you're, if you're authentic, if you're uh, being genuine. And I think that has really helped me. Yeah, I, that is, if you learn that life lesson and learn how to, to bring that forth, being able to be present and authentic, I think that's a, a yeah. life well lived and a job well done for sure. Yeah. I, um, I still struggle with it sometimes because I can get so busy and unfocused, but I have to take my breaths and remember to just be present right now. I get a lot of the, you know, you you just go through like different cycles of energy and I go through those cycles of doubt or I'll still be tethered to the past of what I wanted, where I thought I should be by now. And why am I not on, you know, hosting an ESPN show for millions of dollars and, Sometimes you get pangs of jealousy on people who've, you know, been able to leapfrog you, but I can recognize that now. And I um, can realize that I don't want to be tethered to that past. And then I want to be bold and be able to face the unknown. And it's going to carry me the next 50 years or however long I'm lucky enough to go. Mm, yes, absolutely. Yes, it is. And with all of that wisdom, if you had just, I don't know, like a little parting nugget of advice or wisdom that you wanted to share, what, what would it be? So I guess the quote I'm driving on right now, I, I love quotes. Um, and the one I'm really thinking on often is Marcus Aurelius when he said, you, I wish I could, you want to get me, I, wanna, I don't want to, I'll paraphrase it and then I'm going to read it to you because I keep it in my phone. But consider yourself dead. You've lived your life. Now take what's left of it and live it properly. And that's basically the quote, but I'd like to just make sure that I, I get it right. Um, and I try to live that way now because you just don't know how, I've lost some friends. You don't know how much time you're gonna have. You, you could go in an instant and I just wanna be present in today and that's it. Think of yourself as dead. You have lived your life. Now take what's left of it and live it properly. Marcus Aurelius. Um, it's just gonna, my friend, Wendy Rieger, who passed away recently, she has talked about that. It just requires so much courage and so much strength that growing older is not for wimps um, and that you just have to like, you know, basically she, what, her words, um, stop raging at the dying of the light, really start embracing the moment, embracing each other. Yes, absolutely. So, totally. It's 
and and presence and being able to be in that is I think the, the path to to doing that. So for everyone listening, how how can they find you? What's what's the best way for them to get into your world, whether they're local well, I'll be, to the DC I'll be walking area? the dogs all the time. I was <laughs> walking my dogs. <laughs> no, so that's one. This is two. This is Buddy. Buddy. He's so cute. He's a therapy dog too. And so he's in my lap. These two fight over me. And then I have this one. She's sleeping right now. You've met her at the studio, Rona. Rona comes to work with me. Uh, because she's naughty she has to come to work with me otherwise she she's chewed up two couches and a couple of chairs so um to find me at well and wonder studio in dc it's wellandwonderstudio.com i'm carol at wellandwonderstudio.com for email carol at and c-a-r-o-l so you can email me or you can come by there's a website we have classes we have experiences we have a sound bath coming up on the 24th and then we're talking about what we're going to do with our next hypno breath work and when we're going to fit that in. I think it'll be third week, Corey, in September because um, we want to get people because it's getting back to school. And yeah, so it is that funky little week. time. Yeah, so we're going to get through that funky time. But um, you'll be able to find Corey at our space as well because her hypno breath work is a can't miss event. I don't care how much we charge or she charges, it's going to be worth every penny and just to be in a room of like-minded people who are looking for clarity and to be able to just open yourself up to seeing if you can get it. Can I say one more thing? I know you're of trying course. to end it. Yeah. My first sound bath and it reminded me of the same, the hypno breath work, the shop that I did with you. Um, first sound bath, I was thinking I was just going to take this nap. And I was like, it's John on Burger's birthday. And I had to go because I didn't want to be rude. And he was inviting all his friends to the sound bath. So I went and I was like, I'll just sleep. And I just laid there breathing and all of a sudden some noise or something gave me a, a memory of my grandparents' farm. I hadn't been on their farm since I was nine. They died when I think I was 10. We, they moved from the farm. But I remember just laying there and being able to take a virtual tour of like walking up the stairs and going and seeing their kitchen. I actually could even recognize a little bowl of candy on the kitchen or things, the linoleum, the blue linoleum. And I was like, you couldn't have paid me a million dollars to remember those memories. And they were all so happy. So this isn't just trauma that comes up. This is good stuff too. And I was able to take their, you know, the farm out of remember everything and just outside in the grasshoppers. And it was so powerful. Like I was so healing. I don't, I just was so excited that I had that moment, you know, and just be able to relive that. Still, I'm still emotional talking about it. So I was just so incredible that I wanted to tell people about it and uh and then here we are we're having them and so some people are in pain and some people are just you know living reliving joyful memories but thank you for allowing me to talk about it for giving me yes. experiences to have uh you know ability to allow other people to see it because even though like sometimes I'm emotional about it it's because I just can't believe how much it's helped me Anyway, it is gives so me chills. That's I mean, that's how I ended up in this in this world because it's so so impactful. And I think once you have an experience like that, a you're forever changed, and you just want to share it with everyone else. You're like this thing that that like I just found is so I I've been in pain or in you know not in presence or struggling with something for so so long, and in this in this experience, I got so much clarity. You were able to 
feel again, because so many of us are walking around kind of numbed out from what is going on in the world or in our own lives or the trauma that we carry from, you know, our past experiences. And in these safe containers, you can move through it and release it. Yeah. Just see what comes to you. You don't know. You don't know what will. But then you get the power of being awake and conscious to be able to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. So much power in that. Thank you. Thank you so much for for being here, for taking the time. You are a busy woman. Growing a business, it's it's a full-time job. I know that. So I am so grateful for the time that you spent here sharing your journey, sharing your light with with us. Thank you. Thank you for letting me do it from home too. (laughs) (laughs) My little boo. My little boo-boo. Anyway, Corey, I love you. you. Oh, I love you you too. You're doing good work. Uh, You too. We will catch you in the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.